Welcome to One Season Wonders, a show exploring the mistakes and miracles of forgotten TV. I'm your co-host, Jeff Zuschlag. And I'm your other co-host, Mark Zuschlag. And today we're tackling episode eight of the NBC One Season Wonder Kings. Uh, even though this, as always, just a reminder, even though this is episode seven of One Season Wonders, it's episode eight of Kings, because like the rascally scamps that they are at NBC, they put the first two episodes in one holistic package, so and we're just picking up the pieces. Well, also, uh, we, we decided to have, you know, one, episodes one and two in the same episode, so... yeah. Because sort of we're our, we're crazy like fault. that, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we're we're in cahoots with NBC, really. We it's we true. helped so the confusion. Uh, NBC, if you're listening, that check still hasn't arrived. So can you double check <laughs> on that? Follow up with Jeremy. I know he's slacking off in the check department of NBC. <laughs> it's an important job, but it's one that he doesn't really, you know, very old school respect for. NBC still using right? Checks. Yeah, I, we told it's him not they could just Venmo us, but they did. <laughs> still like, Jeremy. No, Jeremy. Jeremy's still Listen, working out, working it. He, He's not a hard worker, but he's a really cool guy. He always brings in <laughs> cakes at birthdays. We can't fire Jeremy. He's been here since 1955. He's, on tenure. <laughs> yeah, he's got tenure. <laughs> exactly. Dude, so this is our first recording session with you in the States. Yeah. Actually. I'm I'm back, so to speak. Uh it's 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 we're doing it at like a normal ish time for both I of us. I was gonna say for once I'm drinking coffee instead of beer while we're recording because <laughs> yeah. I don't have to do it late nights anymore. <laughs> It's, it's a surreal experience to have have daylight outside my window while we're talking talking TV. It's actually around the same time I I would usually do it in Japan. Actually, a little bit later. Oh, so no change for you. No change. Everything has been exactly the same. <laughs> Go to restaurants and just you know, just start ordering yeah. Japanese. No problems. Uh, <laughs> all the public transport. You know, it's so good. Oh here. yeah, all the that great American that great public American transport. Train system just takes me mm-hmm. anywhere I want to go. It's just infamous. infamous. I really infamously good. I just haven't even <laughs> noticed a difference. Yeah. I, well, I speaking don't even know why I moved out there in the first place. Speaking of public services uh, going awry, Segway. Segway. Uh, we had a great this this episode. This episode was a banger. This shit goes wild in this episode. I actually really enjoyed this episode. This might be my favorite, not because it was. The best, but it was just really entertaining. In yeah, it was in a crazy. lot of ways. It was it was very strange. And also, <laughs> I want to say, like, when we're recording this, when this re- gets released, it probably won't still be. But we're recording this in October, which I feel like is very appropriate. It is very this, appropriate. This was for this episode. Yeah, no, this was timed perfectly by us. It, we did it, Jeff. <laughs> very spooky. We did it. We we found the perfect Kings episode for every season. Uh, one, yeah, I mean, it had um, it had more of that Old Testament stuff we were looking mm-hmm. for. It had uh, weirdly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a very tight community within this large city, unexpectedly. Yes, yeah. Uh, it had romance and sexting, you know, <laughs> five years before Snapchat came into being. <laughs> so it had it all yeah. and everything we could want in an episode. It was good. And it was spooky as shit. It was very spooky. Which is great. Um, so the reason I made that, uh, I guess let's just dive into it. But I'll I'll explain my segue when we get to it. But it was actually secretly a very good segue. If you've seen this episode, I just want to say, I no, I agree. I, I have seen the episode. <laughs> it was a great segue. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, no. <laughs> you don't have to say that, but you did anyway. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so the show opens with the much alluded to King's birthday celebration. Yes. 
at first, when I saw all the lines of people carrying presents, I thought we were going to get a Christmas episode. And then I realized, wait, in this timeline, Jesus doesn't exist, or does he? Uh, and it, like at the moment, yeah, that's a my question, brain actually maybe yeah. there's, there's like a there's like a separate series that takes place, you know, a few hundred years later. It's like cyborg space Jesus. Yeah, you know, Je- Jesus is the a space hacker. Roman Empire is gonna <laughs> crucify him. <laughs> oh my God, he he uploaded a virus that's changing all these water files into wine <laughs> files. He torrented some fish and bread, and now the whole masses can eat <laughs> cyber Jesus. I would watch the shit of that show. Can we write that? Pause show, the podcast. Actually, pause yeah. the podcast. <laughs> Walking in space. It's a spacewalk without a suit, though. What? How did he do that? How yeah. Did he do that? Don't be afraid. Yeah. How, how could you not believe? <laughs> as soon as Peter realizes that he's that he's walking in space with a spacesuit, he just can't breathe, and the yeah, vacuum yeah. of space. Oh, calls oh my god! Him oh my god! Freeze. Yeah, exactly. His faith fails. <laughs> yes. Lazarus is just a broken robot that Jesus touches and the program corrects itself. <laughs> Lazarus.exe is working again. Oh. There's definitely like 50 scripts sitting in 50 development houses that are basically about this concept. that. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere. The, uh, a secret. Somewhere. If somebody can find that uh, actual one season wonders from the 50s, Space Jesus. Uh, Space Jesus. That's, that'll be our next next show. Space Jesus from the 50s would be something else. Like, we're treading in, like, <laughs> cyberpunk Jesus territory. Space Jesus in the 50s would be fucking Just the white weird. dude. <laughs> just yeah, that, just yeah. the white guy. <laughs> oh, my God. It'd be Star Trek, basically. <laughs> Jesus is just Captain Kirk. Just sleeping with all the aliens. <laughs> uh, God, we got really off track already. Yeah, but yeah, segues. So, <laughs> it's, not, it's not Christmas. It's, it's not the Christmas. King's birthday. It's King's birthday. Um, people are bringing presents, including a gun, <laughs> which is including, great. Yes, this is actually the best Chekhov's gun ever. Because it it's like the most literal Chekhov's gun, and mm-hmm. it's like it has nothing to do with anything. Like this guy just comes up and it's like, "Here's your birthday. Here's a gun as a present for your birthday." And it's like, "Okay, has the state yeah. do this? I guess in this world, whatever." <laughs> and but then, as we'll see later in the episode, he actually has to use it. Um, yes. So it's just the weirdest. It's like, well, we have to make sure that the king has a gun yeah, somehow, yeah. and they just <laughs> throw it in at the beginning. It's great. They got anyway. the note back where it's like, I don't buy that the king has a gun. Can you show him <laughs> getting one in the Can beginning? You put that in there somewhere. What's great is that they even remark upon it because the king's head of security, who is named Hanson, I caught that this time, um, comes up and it says, I'm nervous that there are people just giving guns, just passing guns oh, out yeah. at this party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really don't like that. And the king's like, nah, I'm not going to be cowardly. Dude, he like, pulls I know. it out real early in the episode, though. Yeah. Holy he does. moly. He wastes a note. The power goes out. And he's he's armed. He's ready yeah. to fucking go. Well, let's, let's jump sorry, in ahead. Sorry. I'm, getting very, I'm very excited about this episode. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so the, the security guy's nervous because this is technically revealed later, but I'm just going to drop it here because it's alluded to. Tensions are kind of high after the whole back and forth with the geth. Um, which I guess there's still peace, but people start happy the, about it. Right, the Port Prosperity. Uh, yes, rebellion. Right. In quotes, quote unquote. Quotes. Yeah, you're doing Can't air quotes me, on but, video. But the air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tensions are high, and there's a guy out there who's made like very public death threats on the king. Yeah. Uh, so Hanson's very nervous about this this uh, uh, security situation. Um, meanwhile, I guess he wasn't invited to the party. Uh, corporate sleazebag William and his mysterious son, uh, Home Alone, yes. weren't, weren't allowed to come to the party. Uh, I would like to make this pun now. Okay. So that I can do it. Let me I wait. Let credit. me prepare myself. Hang on. Right. Hang on. I got to put on my, my this suit, this protective <laughs> suit. 
uh, step into this blast chamber. Okay, all drop right. this pun on me. You could say, all right, well, well we gotta, I got to give a little more background. Uh, so the son, Andrew, is not invited to the party because apparently he's just a huge douche that nobody yeah. loves, even though he's just like this guy who just shows we, up. Outside of cross-dressing, which isn't wrong for our morals, but might be wrong in this kingdom because they're right. very that's actually homophobic. Yeah. Like he cross-dressed once, but like I don't know if that's enough for the amount of grief they're giving this kid. They're giving a lot of grief. I don't yeah. necessarily agree with it. Um, but anyway, point is, uh, Andrew you know, tells his dad that he can go off to the party. It's fine. He'll stay. Yeah. He'll stay back yeah. there and do reading or whatever. Uh, but you could say that his dad didn't want to leave him home alone. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, 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 blew my suit right off. Uh, Destroyed the blast chamber. I did it. I'm like a newborn yes. rising from the ashes. Yes. Uh, also, I'm calling the cops on you. <laughs> <laughs> It was illegal. <laughs> but yeah, so so William's like, hey, no, they just ran out of invites. And Andrew's like, no, nah, they didn't invite me. I know that everyone in the palace hates my guts. And William's like, you know what would be cool is instead of me going and just leaving you to do whatever, what if I just shut down the power to the entire city? Yeah. Uh, out of uh, To ruin the king's birthday party. The way you're making this sound like, the way that you're talking about it, you make it sound like it was un- unreasonable. I would just, my personal <laughs> opinion... I was, I was, you know, I was with him, you know. Yeah. Get snubbed. You, you from were party. like, this seems like, uh, this seems like a, a, a equal Haven't you ever, you know, just tripped uh, the circuit breakers in somebody's house that you were invited to? My. Okay, but that's the thing. It's not just. Am I the only the one? <laughs> it's not just the, the king's building. <laughs> it's not just the king's building, though. It's right, the right. like entire section of the city is blacked True. out. Yeah, I think it's the Which, whole city, man. I think it's like it's everything. Pretty up much. There. Yeah, because like later, uh, David and and uh, Princess Michelle like go away, and they still don't got power. They're still using candles and shit. So it's, it's yeah, that's true. Yeah, they go out to the countryside somehow. They just sneak out yeah. there. Uh, once and, again, this 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 show plays fast and loose with time and distance. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he just like in the middle of the king's birthday, the king's giving this speech about aging. Um, oh, one other plot point is that David and Michelle's relationship is kind of on the rocks. Since in the previous episode, she alluded to that she's promised to somebody else. Yep. So, like, she tries to flirt with David, and he's very uncomfortable and very like, mm, I can't do this because you're promised. Um, and in the middle of all that thick romantic tension, uh, the power just shuts down, and we get a, a, a shot of, like, the entire city just getting blacked out. And like, Oh, okay, you- wait, wait, wait. I just want to back up because I feel like we just skipped over this. Uh, before I mentioned that, you know, I was – being sarcastic in saying that tripping somebody's circuit breakers if you're not invited to a party is an okay thing to do. And you said, no, yeah. no, no that's not the problem. It's the fact they did it to the whole city. Oh. Are you saying it's a... It's, <laughs> um, now I'm confused. <laughs> Yours, okay, your your version wasn't reasonable per se, but there's <laughs> a, a a targeted logic to it that I can kind okay. of latch on to. Right. Like if this was a big party, like maybe it's, it's still a little <laughs> petty and annoying. But the thing we were talking about is like, blocking out the whole city like there are hospitals in this city that Very like true. need power yeah like there is and which and everyone king... forgets like even yeah goody Tushi michelle is just like oh we can go and do whatever we want even though like in the previous episode she was with a dying child in a yeah, hospital yeah. or whatever <laughs> yeah trying to pass healthcare reform so right right yeah that's true and also like the, at first the the king and his security team are very like understandably miffed about this because like now there's a blackout everywhere and there's already been a heightened threat of uh, yeah. chaos because of all the, the 
political craziness and this murder that's apparently wandering around uh, with eyes on the king and his family. And now the power is just out everywhere. So they think there's going to be chaos. Um, and also, uh, but, but yeah, but, but David and, uh, and the princess take this more as an opportunity to be like, Hey, we can just leave and like wander <laughs> around the city with no power. And the princess kind of sees this as like a, uh, a, a, respite or like a it's almost like the purge like oh the power's out so all laws are invented <laughs> totally. we can do whatever including like promises that you make to to higher beings or yeah, to, to, to higher dad, powers, at least maybe. yeah <laughs> are are totally moot when there's no electricity yeah and david seems okay with this so they leave like he and the princess just this walk dip. out of the palace yeah. onto the darkened streets um and then meanwhile when the, the news eventually gets to the king that his uh, daughter is missing, that they can't find the princess. And he starts to have, this was, a, this we saw a little bit of this in the previous episode when the princess was uh, laying next to the, the dying child, um, where the king like starts to hallucinate or starts to like have like a mental thing where like, you know, his ears start ringing. Right. He hears piano music. Um, and, and this he pulls time it carries out a, a weapon of fire. <laughs> not yet, not yet. We're still not <laughs> yeah. there quite yet. Dang it. Uh, but what it does, I, I know you're really, really aching. Yeah, you're aching to get to this gun. It's uh, just such a great scene. <laughs> uh, no, but the king, we flash back to, and this is kind of our parallel plot for the, the story, to back when the princess was deathly ill the first time. Uh, right. When she was still, like, uh, a teenager. Um, and in the past, the Geth and uh, Galbo are still at war, or are about to be at war. They're again. about to be at war. There, there was an attack by Gath, and they're deciding whether or not to respond. And in the meantime, our king is, like, uh, what's the right word? Not in Freaking the right out? mind. Freaking out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his daughter, Bichelle the princess, is, like, on death's bed almost literally yeah. on death's bed. almost literally she's literally bedridden and she's... like the treatments aren't working um the king is is keeps leaving his chambers to attend to the princess and and pray over her instead of and read doing, this make, book yeah and, and instead of making like tactical decisions um one other note also at this hospital uh that the king is is currently wandering is the shepherd team Yes. Uh, Pre-dad death. We thought he had like three or four brothers. He has like 10 brothers. Yeah, there's so many brothers. There's so many brothers. They take up like a whole waiting room. (laughs) So honestly, it makes it And they're all around the same age. It's incredible. Yeah, which is like... Wow. That's just... How on earth can you possibly mourn for any of them when (laughs) they die? Because you could literally just replace them and I wouldn't notice. They're I don't know like if viewers this. know this, but uh, Jeff and I actually have secretly five, six other brothers that we just don't give a shit about. <laughs> it's different ones doing we the lose, podcast. We lose time. count beyond the first yeah. two, one, two brothers. Yeah, it is. It's like it's like David's mother had like a mold for the perfect Midwestern boy, and she just like <laughs> pressed out a bunch of them out of dough or whatever. We don't see uh, the dad though, who's at no. the reason why they're at the hospitals because this is this is uh, this is when we learn, and not really learn. We just. Not even witness either. <laughs> we just hear again that the dad's dead. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that'll be that'll become important later. Um, but I kind of like this this flashback series. Uh, oh, sorry. One other one other note is that the um, while the king is distracted, the queen is speaking to <laughs> a man known as Chancellor Chancellor Scholar. It's Chancellor Scholar. 
<laughs> it's never it's never specified if that's his name or his title. <laughs> I really, really want to believe that his name is Chancellor Scholar. The thing okay, the thing is it could be his name is his first name is Chancellor, his last name is Scholar. It could be yeah. that his title is Chancellor and his name is Scholar. Or it could <laughs> be that his entire title is Chancellor Scholar. Yeah. No matter what the context, she never refers to him as anything differently. Even when they're having like a private moment, it'd it's be Chancellor totally normal. Scholar. Yeah. It'd be totally normal for her to just say, damn it, Dave, or something, but instead. You know what it probably was? When they gave her the script, she didn't even know whether his name <laughs> was Chancellor Scott or his title, so she just had to say the whole thing yeah. every time. <laughs> I really wish that like every time he gets promoted, they just add another title to his name, <laughs> like a major, 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 major kind of thing. Right. So like eventually he's like Chancellor Scholar, Royal General Manager. Retired. Uh, retired. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> PhD. PhD. Uh, but he's great. So anyway, uh, I just love Chancellor Scholar. Please draw and send us fan art, fan art of Chancellor Scholar. Um, just like ordering takeout, <laughs> and they ask for his name, and he says Chancellor Scholar, and they're like, "Excuse me, can you spell that?" Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So the king. But I like this this sort of storyline because the king is. We're sort of seeing another side of the king because he's clearly like unwell, like he's manic. He's yeah. he still speaks in like his sort of high royal way, but like his daughter, his very sick daughter, is giving like a good deadpan dressing down of his sort of pomp and circumstance, yeah. and it's like clear that like all his tricks aren't working. Yeah, I, I also the um, uh, we also get to see the Rose, the the queen, her character a lot more in a sense that uh, uh, when the king, while well, the king is like just going bananas basically at this like tragedy, the the queen really steps up and starts to, you know, make decisions, call the shots, which I I liked as like a, you know, further broader character. Cause the only thing we've really seen is, uh, you know, her either being like overprotective of yeah. Jack and uh, Michelle or of being, you know, sort of, sort of stereotypical, uh, very good at managing the pomp and circumstance, but not, you know, a player in her own right, but this was a yeah. Good, this was a good addition to to yeah that. It's also good because she does a good job. The the actress whose name I'm blanking out at the moment, um, Suzanne Thompson, Susanna Thompson, excuse me. She does a good job of walking the line between like it's clear that she's like she's not heartless. It's not that she doesn't care that her daughter right. is dying. Yeah, but she still is like it's not quite as devastating to her as it is to King Silas. She's able to sort of maintain her composure uh, when it counts. Yeah. And plot moves ahead, whereas Silas, as you alluded to, um, is just reading the same kind of book of rhyming poetry to his daughter over and over. Yeah, again. like a fairy tale. I, yeah, I forget the t- the title is something in the Sabbath Queen, which becomes important. Oh, the 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 main character's name in the book. It's something weird. It's like Harold, but it's a girl. Yeah, yeah. It's like Harrietta or like Harelda and yeah, the Sabbath something. Queen. The Sabbath um, Queen is the important part of the title. Yes. So he just keeps reading it to her over and over again in sort of his mad state of grief. And it's kind of cool. Right. He won't, well, he won't finish it is the, yeah. is the big plot point, I guess. And this thing that uh, Michelle is keep on saying, like, why don't we just finish it? And Silas is like, no. Yeah, he die. keeps reading the same passages. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so meanwhile, back in the present, um, we see as uh, Michelle and David are wandering through the blackout, we see that. The uh, estimations of the amount of chaos, of chaos are clearly <laughs> overblown because everyone's just fucking having a good yeah, time. Yeah, everyone's man. just hanging out. They got some beers on the porch. 
Like everyone's carrying these like enormous candles. <laughs> uh and this everyone's just hanging out. Yeah. It was the best yeah. best looking blackout ever. It's so bizarre because like literally it's just a block party by the river. Like everyone's brought candles, someone's has a guitar. Yeah. And they're all hanging everyone's out without hanging out. power in the yeah. dark. And like it, is this what happens? It's a total mismatch. I think this is the this is the one thing that I didn't like at all about the episode. Everything else, even the yes. stuff that you might say is like bad, was like good in a way. <laughs> I, I'm serious, but like <laughs> I um, want I want that to be your poll <laughs> quote for this series. Even the things that were bad, bad. were good. Good. <laughs> uh, but like, man, that's such it's just such a mismatch in the tone. It was so yeah. weird. It's so jarring because you have yeah. all this like dark stuff. Sabbath Queen, as Crazy King, as daughters dying, and then the power's out, and the king is walking around his palace looking to shoot somebody. Yeah, and I was just cut back and like apparently outside of the palace, everyone else is having a good time. Yeah, like, which is so bizarre because one, um, the king is partially freaking out because it's he wants to find his daughter no matter what, and so he's sending everyone to find right the princess, and people are just running into each other all the time on this blackout and like making friends. And like, it's not like the stakes of the situation within the King's household and the stakes of like the world are like totally mismatched. Right. And it's a little strange also just because like, like literally just yesterday, last night before we started recording this, your the neighborhood that you're yes, currently in yes. lost power. power went out. Yeah. And people don't do this when the power goes no. out. Like, they don't wander out and like i've had living in la i've had like our neighborhood lose power and people don't walk outside and just make a block party they stay inside they light candles and like go to bed or like (laughs) read or something like yeah as 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 both of us were survivors you could say of the great 2000 what was that 2004 yeah yeah something like that blackout of you know the the northeast and the midwest I was insulted by this episode. <laughs> so that is not what happens. It sucks. Like, like a blackout should suck. And like, that's the way yeah. they set up the episode too. Is that like, there's a blackout. It's embarrassing to the king, but it's not embarrassing. It's a great time. Like, yeah, everyone is, loves it. Everyone loves which, which, it. And also, it would have fit with the tone more if people, like, so. And again, this is one of those things where, like, I understand the sort of symbolic and and thematic framework that this episode's operating in um because again michael michael green and his team of writers clearly know what they're know know the basics of of storytelling and and are even more than that they like have good ideas yeah and so the idea is like what's an interesting thing to do to our characters let's put them in a context where these sort of social pressures that are on them are relaxed um, and see how they behave because this is something that we normally can't do because it's hard to like pause society. So let's create an excuse for their more private side to come out, but not necessarily like in a private setting. Like let's let them fantasize about a society that is not watching them for the moment. Um, the issue is that it like everyone takes that to be that way. I guess everyone's just kind of having like a bacchanalia outside, <laughs> um, which if everyone's doing it, like you're not really pausing society. Yeah. And secondly, um, you're right. Like the tone of this episode is very creepy and very ominous. So it would have fit that if like David and Michelle are running through like empty streets. It's like late at night and like nobody's going out because it's a blackout. 
Yeah. And they're able to like exist in this perfect freedom, but it's also kind of creepy and ominous. Like there's this like pallor of, of death over the whole thing right. because like the world's at a literal standstill. Like that's such a more, that's such a, a richer yeah. sort of thematic framing and, and, and thematic um, like a- aesthetic to have these like silent empty streets that they're yeah. like, running through and enjoying. Like that would be so much better. I definitely agree. I don't know. I got, I was like, it would have been so easy. Like you would have saved money. Like you don't have to have all these extras <laughs> to shoot a city at night. <laughs> um, I, yeah i mean you you're i absolutely agree uh yeah. one the one big flaw the only really big flaw i think with this episode yeah, it's a, i'd say i'd agree way. i've got like little niggling things but we'll get to that yeah um anyway so proceeding really quickly prince jack is also out sort of half-heartedly searching for the princess um but more really, importantly he's searching <laughs> what but really he's searching for yeah d for 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 his boyfriend whose name his i boyfriend. can't remember he gives him a name doug i don't remember what it is though it's like tommy or something tommy thomas i don't know i don't know uh but they meet well, and him. and yeah. and prince jack takes this opportunity again sort of similar to like there's no rules just right blackout <laughs> uh <laughs> blackout steakhouse <laughs> no rules just right <laughs> you'll get fucked up uh so they decide to go off together um, and abandon the. He's clearly not worried about the princess, about Michelle's safety. No, he just wants to get that sweet, sweet loving. Um, Who doesn't? But though, Who can that's true. So now we get to your favorite scene, which is we cut back. I we got to break it down because the comedic timing on this is so fucking perfect. <laughs> Even though we've kind of spoiled the punchline already, we cut back <laughs> to the palace. We we're close on Thomasina, and she's like, "The king's like, you should be out. We don't see the king yet. He's like, you should be out searching." And Thomasina's like. I'm not going to leave you. Like, I know the princess, you're concerned about the princess, but I, I need to make sure you're well protected. Cut to the king. King. And he just, he just <laughs> whips out the gun. Like, it's, he's just loading it on the side, and he's just like, I can protect myself. And every, everyone, this scene is so perfect because it's like they told nobody except <laughs> for the king that he was going to have this gun as a prop <laughs> before the scene was shot. So Thomasine is expecting the scene where like the king's going to be like, no, I care more about my daughter. But instead the king just pulls out this gun and he's just like, I'm going to shoot you if you don't fucking get out there and start taking my daughter. And everyone in the room is just like, whoa, holy shit, <laughs> calm down. Like, whoa. Uh, I love that. Ian McShane Jesus. didn't tell anyone he was bringing a gun to set. <laughs> Somebody whips it out. Everyone's like understandably like freaked out. Freak like, out, whoa, like, whoa. whoa. Jesus easy Christ. it was so it's so good it's like i found it hilarious but also like the realest scene of this entire show yet because if you're with the king and you're like yo king like he's kind of freaking out right now he's looking for his daughter and suddenly he just pulls out a gun and starts <laughs> waving it around i'd be fr- i'd be freaked out yeah. too like i would yeah. be like all right goodbye king like <laughs> leave. like everyone leaves and it totally yeah. makes sense the king pulls out a gun <laughs> and starts just waving it around. I'm I'm fucking out of there. I'm done. Yeah, that's like, your cue to leave. That's yeah. That's it. That's done. It's done. okay. It's okay. It's okay. It you don't fits. have to. You don't. You don't have to fill out the forms. You don't have to take time off. Once the king starts waving his magnum around, yeah. it's that's it's your cue also, to leave. It's so they raise the stakes just so with like no warning. Like <laughs> it, it, like they have the scene before where he's like, I think I'm hearing piano. And you're like, oh shit! Like king's having some flashbacks. He's getting a little weird, and then suddenly he's just like, like he's just gone, like he's just totally bonkers. It's great. Yeah. Like I, I genuinely, I love this scene because it's half like comedy, like just so bizarre, but half like in that weirdness. It just makes yeah. total perfect sense. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I love it. And Ian McShane just, 
he just nails it. He's great. He plays oh, he plays like loose and not all in the head, head like very yeah. well. He's, he's very scary. He's very good. Very scary. I love the man is great. Yeah. Talented. It's also great because it is that like just juxtaposition of like, oh, everyone's like happy, loose, enjoying the blackout, <laughs> just playing <laughs> guitar. Cut to the king's guy is fucking like like uh silver plated, cool. like engraved. Yeah, yeah, just fucking giant <laughs> gun that he's loading with an insane look in his eyes and like red lighting. <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> Maybe if he just stepped outside and saw everyone's just having a good time, he wouldn't be so tense. Yeah, but I Jesus. know. This is, man. Whew. It's really it's good. It's great. I, I uh, really loved it. But anyway, yeah. everyone leaves, basically, and he's uh-huh. alone to deal with his deal with his demons, you could say. Yeah. Uh, and so he's so it becomes a fucking like like some Alan Wake bullshit, like a, like a genuine like horror movie. Yeah. Where the power's all out. And like previously, because of candles, all the scenes were lit in like this warm light. But now the king's on his own, wandering through the palace with a giant handgun and a flashlight, and it's like pitch black. We can o- we and the king can only see what's in his flashlight, and there's like creepy music playing, and it's like genuinely like shot like a horror movie. Like a book yeah. falls down, and it's like a jump scare, and the king turns and sees the book, and it's the book he was reading to there's Michelle. Also the jump scare if he he turns around and the Sabbath queen is there, and she's well, that's, like, that's, that's that's not there yet. We're, oh, get, we're getting to that. Geez, so the, first, the uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm just. I'm jumping ahead this episode. Yeah. I'm just I'm all, I'm bundled nerves. Yeah, the the escalation is slower because first yeah. it's like okay, kind of creepy. He's searching the book falls. It startles him and he's like, the f- he names the book again. We forget it's something the Sabbath Queen and he opens it and push it puts his hand to one of the pages and then like the audio goes all crazy and we jump into another flashback. Right. Okay. And yes. now right. we're like okay, this is more than just like this flashback upsets. I'm like this flashback is like unsettling it's weird yeah, um, yeah and he's looking even more haggard again this is like this is like some horror movie shit like he's looking crazy michelle's looking really really grody and he's just <laughs> repeating the same poem like reading the same poem over and over again like flipping through the page just trying to like find a new yeah beginning point because he can't fucking do it um and eventually he leaves and he starts hearing the piano music again and then he turns around and that's when the screaming sabbath queen is there yeah, there's just this fucking woman in this black dress just like standing behind him and she screams and her jaw like dislocates and becomes right. huge. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. My notes are just in all caps. They say, did the king just see death? What the fuck? <laughs> and the answer is, well, we might want to save that answer then. Cause no, we can just say, I think like, no, no see, I'm yes, kind of this whole upset. I'm trying to, I'm trying to restrain uh, myself see, now. The reviewers uh, will have to wait. Yeah. But here's here's my one nitpick is that I've been watching I I watch a lot of horror movies just in my in my work, right. so like the creepy like mouth too big is something that I'm a little it's a cliche I'm a little tired of because it it's something I see I see every horror movie do and also the effect isn't like the effect is a little yeah they don't go all the way with making it grotesque it's just like her mouth is slightly too big they definitely were just on Photoshop and they threw a little box around the mouth and they dragged <laughs> them down. And pulled it down just they a bit. pulled it down. Uh, that's what it looks like. It's a good it idea. It, you're right. The execution could have been done better. It is a looks shay. I liked it though. It was a good I mean, once again, like this the show when when it goes supernatural, they really they want to make sure you know that it's like yeah, it's literally yeah. talking to God and this weird woman. This crazy yeah, woman. yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're, we're we're pausing. Keep it. Yeah. Keep it recording. We, keep going. Pause. Recording. Recording. I'm gonna snap okay. here just so that Ryan knows. I'm gonna. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, we're pausing right. the cast here. It's at 32 minutes. About. I'm gonna mark that. Sorry, down. Ryan.
Mom says hi. Oh, hello. Hello, Mom. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, th- I'm going to say 3330 is when we cut back in thereabouts. Uh, yep. Uh, do we okay. want to do another clap or something or snapping? Um, we can do that if we want. Uh, I don't know if it's necessary because like, we haven't stopped the recording, I assume. No, that's true. Uh, where, where do you want to jump back in? Because um, I'm I'm gonna sure. talk. I've got I've got a note about the uh, the creepy. Okay, lady, perfect. And then we yes, can move then on. keep going. Um, let me find my notes here. Okay, yeah. So uh, so anyway, w- one thing um, I'll talk about this more. But yeah, the the characterization of this this specter. Let's just call her the Sabbath Queen, because right. uh, I think that's a cool name, and I think that that is maybe her unofficial title, considering how yeah. like that's intertwined with the poetry. Her characterization, I think, could have used a bit more work, but it is like a, again, because we haven't seen like a direct manifestation of this sort of metaphysicality yet. It is like unsettling and creepy that she's just there because yeah. you don't expect it. The show hasn't done shit <laughs> yeah, like this exactly. before. They really, uh, they're really holding their, their cards close to themselves in mm-hmm. terms of, you're right, this sort of, like manifesting a specter of this kind or like really getting into like this weird. Uh, this weirdness just in yeah. general they haven't really done it quite to this extent yet so it is very it's like shocking almost they're like whoa they finally pulled the trigger like they finally did yeah it. yeah almost and I, um, and I do agree with you I, I do overall like it because a bold choice is more interesting than yeah a weak choice even if it's not 100% correct right Um. anyway so we cut back to uh, uh, David and the princess Princess Michelle and they've walked to the family summer home I guess okay they must have driven there's no way there's but no like in a blackout. That's really dangerous. It's, it's okay. One, nobody's driving because everyone's out singing Kumbaya with each other <laughs> with candles. So it probably wasn't that dangerous. True. But two, it is another like, I don't even know if we can, it, we need to come up with like a word or something for what the show does in that it just disregards space and time. Like it just disregards an entire dimension of reality yeah. consistently. If I can, if I can, uh, if I can, just rip something off of a bonfire side chat shout outs to bonfire side chat they're a great a great podcast um what they use to describe this sort of storytelling is timey-wimey-ness and spacey-wacy-ness that's perfect yeah it's very timey-wimey and spacey-wacy yes yes (laughs) they just they're just there and you just accept it it's like the summer home that's out of the city it can they can get there in a night in less than a night uh and they can walk drive tramway fly yeah. who knows who's sick? yeah um there, but the the princess has brought david out here because she wants to uh, continue with their their uh twisted dark fantasy They're of trist. being together despite yes. her her protestation she goes about it this okay here's another theme the theme for this episode is creepy and weird <laughs> weird flirting um she is the, i don't want to blame the actress and I don't know if this is intentional, but she just comes off as really awkward. Yeah, just really uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable. I, if I were David, I'd be like, I don't know, I'd be kind of like, I ooh, let's let's take this a little bit slower. You're yeah, kind of yeah, you're me sending out. me weird signals here. Me, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to feel after you tell me these things. Because <laughs> one of those signals is that she reveals this like, like one of those like classic like uh, upsetting gothic paintings where yeah, like Rembrandt, very Rembrandt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like very steeped in shadow, and it's it's like three men. I think one of them is dying, probably. Probably. Uh, we don't get a good look at it. They're just staring without yeah. emotion. But it's basically. a creepy painting, and she says like, 
hey, see this creepy painting? Um, it used to make me cry all the time. Uh, I had my first kiss here, and I hated it because I was trying to challenge myself to stare at this painting without getting <laughs> upset. And the moment I got upset, some weird boy just came up and kissed me and ran. <laughs> and that's a sucky memory I have. Um, I love you. <laughs> want to make out? Yeah, want to make want to kiss you know, now? You somehow made it sound even worse than it did initially. <laughs> so congratulations. Well, it is it is written better. And again, I get kind of there. The thrust here is that she's like, look, I've had my whole life plan out for me. And normally that isn't a problem because it's a pleasant life. But up until now, when things have gone off script, like with this stolen kiss, it's been bad. Like my one memory of being able to sort of live my own life is this kid kissing me and me not enjoying it because of this creepy painting. So I want to make a memory of us going off script in a good way. So let's make out. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I didn't find it romantic. It just felt kind of weird and creepy to me. It was just, I don't know if I would David, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So do you want me to punch this painting or (laughs) kiss the painting? Yeah. I'm confused. I don't really know what you're trying to tell me. Uh, also, Keith, the face of the woman we saw in Silas' yeah. flashback is totally in this painting. Yep, for sure. I don't, which I'm also not so sure what that was supposed to be. Is it just like this Sabbath queen is following wherever she goes? Wherever? I don't. I guess so, yeah. Uh, I'm not it's, sure. It's, it was weird. It was weird. But not like the good weird that most of the episode is. It's just sort of yeah. just weird. Yeah, it feels like you don't need to make a connection there, but they yeah. did. They chose to. The, like. Uh, most of this flirting, they should just. Or not, they shouldn't. They, they, it's not like they should do this. It's just. It's just so awkward. It's just yep. so. Like, they didn't have it, to go to these lengths. Yeah, they didn't have to go to these lengths. That's that's the perfect way of getting it. Perfect way of putting it. They did not have to go to those lengths. It was it was fine. Like I gotta kind of buy the romance. They're both like, goody two shoe, freaking perfect princess, perfect. Midwestern boy, yeah. like it's it's destiny, you know. It's what's supposed to happen. Yeah, uh, and literally, like, God has literally destined God has these literally two destined. to get together. Yeah, and these actors, like, and these actors, actresses, I honestly have enough chemistry to to pull along these like really totally. weird, awkward scripts. Like, yeah, and just leave it to them. They they got this, you know. Mm-hmm. But definitely, it, it definitely. works out. They do end up making out. By the way, I don't know if we mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, they kiss. It they works. Kiss <laughs> she rolls her charisma check, and despite <laughs> watching it, <laughs> despite herself. Yeah, uh, despite botching it, she has enough stat points that she still gets the makeout <laughs> scene. So, good, for, good on her. Right. Uh, anyway, so back to um, the the queen and king situation. Uh, the queen. It's discovered um, that the cause of the blackout is one fucking switchboard in a factory owned by William the corporate right. sleaze bag, right. which is crazy. Yeah, uh, it was already kind of weird that he was able to black out a city with one phone call, but like I could sort of rationalize it in my head. But once they pin it down to like one switchboard caused all this, <laughs> I'm like, there are maybe literally people... no backups. <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe these people are partying because they're used to this. Maybe blackouts happen like all the time in this city. <laughs> but then why would it be such an embarrassment to the king beyond it happening I again? I, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a reminder of his Just shitty a reminder infrastructure. Of how shitty their entire electrical grid is. That <laughs> one switchboard can fail. How did they ever win a war? How the fuck did they ever win this war? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, just another example of like, God, it must be chaos to live in this city. <laughs> the economy, the power grid. But boy, are people chill, dude. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Wow. I mean, 
You gotta be. Look, if you let every little blackout and fucking <laughs> every media... little economic crash bank yeah. run get to you, you're gonna have. You just bad be time. so upset. You just gotta roll with it, man. Um. So we 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 flash back again, and the queen sort of. Uh, we're getting sort of dual sides. The queen's taking charge in the blackout situation, and in the past, she's taking taking charge of the the king is too delirious to make any decisions. Uh, situation. She's mm-hmm. meeting with her favorite Chancellor Scholar, and he's like, look, we need to answer war or no war right now. And she's like, well, I can't get answer from the king, so... <laughs> um, so she's probably going to do something there. Uh, and then we cut back to the um, the the king, and things just go full bonkers. Metaphysical yep. crazy. Um, well, the, did we... Um, there is a scene where the king and Michelle both pray together. Um, yeah, which becomes yeah, sort of important later on. Uh, and uh, I mean, I told you this before the show, and I'll just bring it up now. Um, I really want uh, I want to tell you like a theory for like an alternate ending that I would okay. I would like to we'll hear get your we'll get to on. that. I would like to get on, but uh, him praying and then this scene. Uh, I think I really like. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they could have been more powerful if the ending was done a, a little bit differently. It's yeah. the only reason why I want to bring that up. Uh, but I do like, uh, I mean, once again, um, it, it just shows more of like the society or just even the family dynamic in a sense that I think earlier in the season, Jack mentions, you know, he doesn't really believe in the hocus pocus God stuff that, mm-hmm. uh, that his, his father lays down, but obviously other members of the family do. Um, yeah. And I, 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 that that was a a good revelation that mm. that that increases the family di- that enhances the family dynamic. Yeah, uh, especially yeah. between the dichotomy you have between the Jack and and Michelle. Yeah, and uh, clearly they should. Clearly, though, Jack should believe. That's because true. Because after uh, the king and Michelle are praying, because there's nothing more to do, she's either going to die tonight or she's going to live. The king starts hearing piano music. He's freaked out. He goes to wash his face, looks in the mirror, and we get our like third jump scare. Right. Boom. Uh, who should be in the mirror but the Sabbath queen, uh, who we now pretty much reveal is death. Like That's is just death. straight up death. Well, she, I mean, she even, she even says, like, or, or Silas says, God created you and everything underneath yeah. the sun and the moon or whatever. And then she mentions, like, yes, but God has no control of death. Me. Death, yeah, death, yeah. My name is Death. Uh, they kind of have this conversation where she's like, "Yo, what's up? I've been watching you and following you for some time, and sometimes I like to appear to you to fuck with you." Um, and the king's like, and, "And actually, I'm glad they addressed this, although it is kind of setting this in interesting theological ground." The king's like, "I'm God's chosen. There's no fucking way he would let my daughter die." Yeah. And Death's answer is like, "God made me outside his reach. Like I can do whatever I want," which yeah, is kind yeah. of. That's interesting because, like, a classic paradox is: could God create a boulder that God couldn't lift? <laughs> so, in a way, he kind of has. In, I, in according the to the show, death. he totally did. <laughs> he definitely did because God was like, "Oh well, can't have people living too long. You go crazy. Uh, I'll just guess. I'll just make death. Hey, death! Can you go crazy? <laughs> oh, oh my, jeez, death, death, oh, death! Stop! Like seriously, yeah. John, oh no, John. oh my God, oh my this God. is a mistake! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> You're going crazy. Wow, this was... I should have thought about this. <laughs> oh, I'm God. Geez. What was I thinking? <laughs> Jeez. 
Me? What the hell? I like it though. No, I I really enjoyed it though. Um, I'm mi- I'm a little more mixed on it because she goes on to say that like she straight up loves and feeds off misery. All right, that's a like little... this isn't this isn't a death that's like inscrutable and yeah, because I kind of like death as something that we can't understand and that we don't really yeah I've... have a grasp on. I still think you can kind of not understand her in a way. Maybe she's Satan? Maybe she's like the deceiver or the destroyer? Because that's what she acts like. That is what she, she acts like. She acts Satan. more like that than like our modern I don't know how modern it is. I mean it's yeah. modern, our modern conception of death. Uh in a sense that you're right. She is she's less about just like, hey, I'm just doing my job <laughs> bureaucratic death and Kafka death and more of like I like watching human beings suffer. Yeah. Uh, she's explicitly I, antagonistic. I feel like that fits the you know, the the theming of the show more though. I mean yeah. this is this is this is the same show that has the king hit a deer and then be like, Is this what you want, God? and then kills the deer with his bare yeah. hands. So I kinda like the I like the idea of uh of a more just more antagonism in in like anything theological in yeah. the show. Yeah, you're you're right. I I do like the idea of like a yeah a, a a avenging and not always uh clean and um and just just in the way that we think of it, God. Um, I guess I just don't like the way she phrases it. I like that she doesn't just come out and say I like like my goal is to make you as miserable as possible. That's like if true. she was like if she was like. I demand sacrifice. I won't tell you why. I can't like tell you what sort of metaphysical shit's going on here. But yeah. it's like there needs to be a sacrifice here. Like that would make more sense to me because the show has explicitly made it that this God appreciates and loves sacrifice in his name. Yeah. So she's like, either you sacrifice your daughter or you sacrifice something else. That'd make more sense to me. But that the way that she phrases it as like I'm explicitly about just straight up making you feel bad. Like I just want <laughs> you to feel maximum badness. And I'll do whatever to to make that happen. Yeah, I don't know. That didn't sit as well with me. Okay. But yeah, so work. that's that's her that's her pitch is that I'm all about you suffering, and the king kind of turns this around and says, "Okay, well, here's the thing: if you take my daughter now, I'll definitely suffer. But there's probably something you could take from me that would make me suffer even more." And death says, "Okay, what about this? What if?" And also, okay, so here's also why it doesn't sit well with me: is death's proposal is here's what I'll do. I get to choose a successor to you and I'm going to choose a better king than you. And when he comes, you're going to step aside, give your kingdom up and your name will be cursed for eternity as like the inferior king. Uh, and Silas is like, yeah, totally. Let's do it. Um, and he does something really cool, which is that to like sign the pact, he smashes his hand into the mirror yeah, yeah. and then puts a bloody handprint on the page of the book. Which is awesome. That was great. Oh man. I and I actually before we get into more, uh, I do want to discuss that scene in a little more detail. But I would just like to say, again, Ian McShane really knocks us out. This yeah. scene out, and I really love uh, the fact that King Silas doesn't hesitate. Um, yes. Yes. It I really. Agree. This is like a very eye-opening moment in terms of like what is important to King Silas in a sense that at this moment, the only thing that matters is his daughter's life and all this other stuff about being king or whatever, you know, it's irrelevant. And it makes sense, too, in the previous scenes when he wasn't attending to his duties as king. He's totally abandoned the title. Yeah. He's just consumed by this. And it's just, it's great characterization, and Ian McShane just knocks this, man, he's, he's got wild eyes in this scene. Yeah, he's yeah. He's perfect. 
he's really good. And that's the thing is that like the part of this equation that is King Silas and Ian McShane, I am totally on board with. Like I like everything happening with him. I like the symbology. I love the um, that performances. I just I really wish death because it does to me it doesn't make sense because if death is all about misery, why would she explicitly say I'm going to choose a king better than you, like a good king? Because like when more people live, then like why wouldn't she say like I'm death, I can do whatever, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to choose a terrible king. I'm going to make him your successor and people will blame you and him and pestilence and disorder will reign. Like if she's all you about know, misery, why no, would she? Okay. I was going to disagree with you, but you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, and I think <laughs> it would have made, no, no, no. I'm saying it's cause it would have made a more interesting story. It would have made a more interesting. It would have made the king being antagonist to David being an antagonist to David a lot more understandable. Yeah, because now you could even you could be in King Silas's shoes and say he truly believes that David is going to be a far worse and crueler king because he had this he made this deal with the literally the devil basically, yeah. and the devil promised him that the king that would succeed him would be like this horrible ruler, um, that would not only destroy you know everything that King Silas holds dear, but also then smear his name in the process, uh, and. Uh, once again, once again, if this were the case, this is building my case for for my alternative ending that uh-huh. I still want to pitch to you. So <laughs> I, I'm with you now. I'm with you. Before I wasn't with you, but I'm with you now. I can see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because like I feel like we didn't. Again, I feel like if Death just said, "I want this," I'm not going to tell you why, but I want this. Like that's creepier and more interesting to me because mm-hmm. then, like, maybe King Silas does have like. He doesn't even need to know that David's going to be a bad king. Maybe he just suspects that, like, okay, this is the king that death literally chose. <laughs> like, I should be upset about this. But it's also, also like, the king that God literally chose. Yeah, too, again, the weird. metaphysics, if, like, death is all about misery, but death is working with God, but death is outside God, it's too explicit. I want to know less about death. I just want death to be this mercurial. Like, death can have, like, wants and principles, but death doesn't need to explain itself to King Silas. Like, death doesn't need to say, well, here's why I'm going to do this. Death can just say, yeah. give me your daughter or your kingdom. Choose now. Yeah. Uh, and suffer the consequences. And so, like, King Silas knows there's going to be suffering because it's death. And death demands a sacrifice. And sacrifice connotates suffering of some sort. Yeah. But death doesn't need to be explicit that here's my, here's my, here's where I see myself in five years. Here's my five year plan. Uh, I want to pick a good king to ruin you. <laughs> I guess because I'm about ruin, but not that kind of ruin. I don't know. It just didn't square in my head. I always thought, uh, well, it was kind of weird. Um, okay, so <laughs> I kind of like that it it wasn't going with the standard, uh, you know, death being. I like the death in this one being more antagonistic once again. Uh, yeah, and while knowing. I agree. We probably could have known less information about like her ultimate grand plan. Uh, yeah. She wanted a little too much detail. Um, <laughs> I was honestly pretty okay with her just being like, yeah, I just like, like, I just like suffering. Like that's mm. some old, that's some fucking, that is like, uh, that is some like Greek Roman, not even Greek Roman. Just, it's just like classic evil. Yeah. That is, that's so often in like 
older literature and that we don't do as much anymore in you know modern you know modern literature it's all (laughs) shades of gray uh and man i sometimes i just love having a character who's just straight up evil and they just just know that they're evil evil. yeah Yeah. pitch black evil and it's just it can add a sort of um it can add a curveball to expected or established tropes okay um yeah which i like i i like i like tropey stuff as much as the next guy honestly uh uh-huh. tropes exist for a reason uh but and i also like starting those tropes but i also like having you know two tropes from different eras sort of mixing together you can get some interesting stuff mm. i think interesting uh and the other thing is um so while while knowing less information i agree with would have been nice uh-huh. it, that scene could have been a lot shorter and uh ian mcshane is just so good like just put the camera on him. I don't need to know what the, the what the devil is thinking. Um, that I I the way I I kind of want to rewatch that scene again, just because I thought it was more like she was saying there is going to be a king who will take over for you. Like I, I thought it wasn't that she was going to choose like, the king. I thought she was just going to say like this is what's going to happen. Oh. But I'm not going to choose one. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to try. Saying. I'm not going to try and defend it now that I think about it because <laughs> I don't have a good quote. I don't. I can't back this up with like with evidence. It's just the way that I saw the scene. Yeah. Um, it did strike me as weird though that she says, "And you're going to step aside for him," and he says, "Oh yeah, sure. Like totally. I'm definitely going to step aside for this new kid yeah, guy yeah. that's definitely going to come in." Uh, I sort of. That's like a weird. Once again, just too much information. Yeah. Uh, but I also sort of liked it in the sense that it. I don't know. It makes King Size kind of a hypocrite, an oath breaker. <laughs> yeah. And once you know you break an oath before God, we saw or death as it were as it is in this case. We saw what happened at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, things yeah. started to go shit. So. And I do like the one thing this episode does overall that's very good is create and I I love this in a lot of stories a sense of doom. Yes. That like yeah. it sets up a lot of dominoes and we just fucking know they're gonna fall. We just oh, know yeah. shit shit's gonna go bad and it's great. It's ominous. Um, so anyway, uh, back in the present, um, less important, William is confronted by the queen who says, I know you caused the blackout. Like this is bullshit just for this party. <laughs> uh, and William's like, nah, suck it. I'm going to eat oysters outside of my porch, I guess. What was he eating? He was eating something stupid. Like uh, he was that. eating something dumb and it wasn't even outside his porch. He was like, in the middle of the city. He's like, yeah, oh, these oysters yeah. are going to go bad because <laughs> I stole them from the restaurant. And it's That's definitely true. closed because it's I f- fucking blackout that I caused. I f- I forgot I blacked out my own home as well as everyone else's. So now I got to eat my entire fridge or else it's going to go bad. He is just hanging out with everybody though. Like he's yeah. just like, he's like at the riverside and everyone's having a good time and he's with them having a good time too. And he's like, Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I caused this blackout. Look at all this chaos. Like, man, <laughs> Gotham. Yeah. Um, but it's also clear the queen like really just hates Andrew. Like, Hey, it's him. Yeah. Like William's like, he's family. The queen's like, fuck this kid. Fuck home alone. <laughs> he wore high heels. once. <laughs> Let's think is we don't even know if that's the reason. Like that's we true. saw that he cross-dressed and we know considering how heteronormative this society is, we know that that might be a problem, but we don't know what Andrew did. That's true. To get They're really the first out. time. They're teasing it out. Yeah. Um anyway, so uh we flash back again. Uh the queen has delivered uh uh orders in the king's signature and in the king's name. Right. For for war. Um, Chancellor Scholar knows this, but carries it out anyway because he understands the importance. And for his, for his pains, the Queen retires him. 
that's not even but, but no, she doesn't but kill like literally literally <laughs> that is not a, like a roundabout metaphor he she actually just says yeah it's it is old dude it is it, again keeping with the old school theme she's like we got you land and title for your children and a big yep. farm and 20 slaves and you must now go and live in the countryside away from all this politicking yep. you're no longer chancellor scholar you're no you are now chancellor uh chancellor scholar farmer scholar. i guess yeah chancellor farmer <laughs> lord farmer, farmer? Lord farmer. <laughs> you can choose which one you pick you keep are you chancellor or are you scholar <laughs> Are we chancellor <laughs> or are we scholar? Boy, yeah, that's that was that was a weird ending. I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> Green needed to be changed. It was <laughs> it's very strange. Um, but yeah, so say goodbye to Chancellor Scholar, our favorite and most short-lived I hope <laughs> character. I hope he's hanging out with the Dormant Angels, who we sadly don't see this. Yeah, episode. that's been a few episodes since we've seen them, actually. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. Meanwhile, with uh, David and Michelle, they're having kissy kissy sex time uh, in front of a roaring fire. Uh, <laughs> David is taking pictures of her. Yes. Uh, which is a bad idea. <laughs> Dude, actually, um, it is a bad idea. Uh, kids, be careful with what you do with your significant yeah. other. You would think a, a guy who is already had a tabloid of him threaten his relationship with the, the princess. You would think he would know that, like, fucking consecrating this moment and setting it into film would be a bad idea. Yeah, I'm okay with characters making bad decisions because it, it makes sense with the, once again, the theme, as you were discussing earlier of the episode, which is, uh, you know, being being publicly private, I guess. Yeah. Uh, fits that theme my one big beef with it i guess this proves that they're both equally awkwardly made for each other is that <laughs> after they take the pictures they're lying down next to each other and our golden boy turns <laughs> to her and says what would you what would your father say if he saw these yes yes that's the thing he underlines it. he's you, clearly aware <laughs> would you ever bring that up though like <laughs> We as the viewer are thinking this. That's fine. Like you know, that's just what. This is so. Yeah, bro. That's that's, that's, that's look. Weird. You may not understand, this but this is a classic move. Okay, you've been you've been away <laughs> for a while in Japan, but here in America, nothing gets the ladies going like lying next to them and being like, "Yo, can you imagine if your parents walked in on us right now?" It's us just banging. Yeah, like, yeah. Can you imagine wow, if be, I? That'd be crazy. Am I right? Can you imagine if I took video of this and uploaded to the cloud and your dad accidentally uh, downloaded it because we got our passwords mixed up for our shared uh, fucking HBO Go accounts again? That would be awkward. Uh, anyway, sex? Anyway, can we... <laughs> anyway, can Are we you turned on now? Did that work? No? Should we, t- should we oh ask about maybe if I accidentally like forwarded this to your grandma? Would that get you going? So, no? Uh... Yeah. My note is literally in all caps, why are you like this? <laughs> why are you like this? Uh, the most awkward feeling. Um, so anyway, I, I, I want to... That conversation eventually goes places, but I want to cut back to the king still having his <laughs> creepy adventures in the dark castle. Um, yes, it's yes. it's eventually made clear that... he Okay, so he sees an image of death again um, in a mirror, and there's creepy music playing, and... 
eventually it's revealed that they're like there totally is the guy who threatened to kill him is in the in the building as well right but until then we don't know that until later so for a period there it looks like the king is planning to shoot death with death. his gun yep which is very funny i'm with it dude yeah I'm he with sees it, death in the mirror and his instinct is like to get to get his gun ready <laughs> to be like i'm gonna fucking shoot death Oh, Death thinks she's so cool. I'll show her <laughs> yourself. Oh. Yeah. Let's see how Death deals with a fucking 45 ACP <laughs> round to the dome. Bitch-ass spirit, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you can make your mouth big. It's still not going to be enough to swallow my fucking gun. God. I'm sorry. I don't know why I made King Silas speak like that. <laughs> he is, but uh, yes. He's, so, he's, he's manic at this point. He is. Um, he's out. He's out to get. He's out to get somebody. Yeah, it could be death. Could be. Could be whoever crosses his path. Across, yeah, it could be the guard. He almost shoots. Yeah, he, he almost fucking blows away. <laughs> the guard's like, "Holy shit, you've got a gun!" <laughs> Jesus! Whoa! Whoa! Who gave that to I you? I totally forgot that happened earlier in the episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, so David, meanwhile, is pressing the princess to to give up, even though they've already had sex. He's like, "So who's this other guy you promised to?" Who is it? Who who's my competition? I can uh, tell you because I called it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Take take the credit. It. Uh, she she's promised to God, straight up. She was praying. What going back to that earlier scene? They're praying, and she was dying. She was praying, and uh, she was like, "Please." It's sort of a, I I like what they do with it eventually. Um, in a sense that you know. Uh, uh, Golden Boy makes the uh, she makes the case that because she promised her life to God and a service to God, she like can't enjoy life essentially. Yeah, um, kind of, kind of. She can't enjoy another man basically. <laughs> life. She can't enjoy yeah, it's love. Like, it's not quite an variety. oath of chastity or like a a typical. It's a very yeah. uh. <laughs> It's a very blank check kind of oath. She's just kind of like, I, I give the language she uses is very evocative. She says like, I was on my deathbed and I could feel that this was going to be my last breath. And yeah. in that moment I prayed to God for one more breath. And if he gave me a breath, I would give it back. Yeah. And if he kept doing that, I'd keep doing that. So like she's giving literally her life breath to him. Evocative language. But if she had uh, yeah. like a spiritual lawyer, he'd probably be like, you might want to define the terms a bit. This is, <laughs> She definitely, um, I guess it, it's very much the sort of classic uh, Christian guilt when it comes to like, yeah, sex and sexuality. Yeah. Um, Love the God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul, literally, right. every literally, moment. Literally, and, and with all your genitals, too. Um, <laughs> with all your genitals. No matter how genitals, many you have, they belong no to God. All, all of them you got. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, David later makes a good point of like that's kind of bonkers. Also, you should definitely define those terms before you, you know, set them out. I'll be a yeah. spiritual lawyer, in fact, because this directly impacts me. <laughs> um, and I I like it uh, in in a sense that it sets up this you know who who made the promise that saved her life ultimately. Yeah, was it King Silas's death or promise to death, or was it uh, her own promise to God? Yeah. I'm actually kind of mixed on that because I, I, I'm not sure I like the, um, I don't know. It makes it, t- t- again, in my mind, it makes it too complicated because now that I know that God and death are kind of working separately, it's you're like a weird. This, okay. You're taking this way too literally. I know I am. I can't help to do that. 
Um, so let me solve. For, I, I want to clear some things up. First okay. of all, once again, viewer, I just want to point out that I was right. It was <laughs> That's God. true. You did she call. She was to. I feel like we haven't empathized, yeah, emphasized that enough. But the important okay. thing here is I'm that sorry. I was right. I'm sorry totally I can't reach through this fucking screen and jerk you <laughs> off. I'm sorry I can't do that, all right? Um, I know secondly, it's what... <laughs> secondly, and also almost equally as important, is that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> These kind of go hand in hand together. Oh, brutal. Uh, I'm just getting roasted. So, yes. On the one hand, is it, it does overcomplicate things because apparently death was like created by God and it kind of got away like a like a dog that just like ran away from home and god's like well he's out now in the yeah in the world i can't i can't i can't be held listen if that dog starts making bargains (laughs) with people for kingdoms i can't can't be held responsible i can't be held responsible exactly (laughs) uh that being said i like it because um it 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 uh it matches the dynamic between king silas and his daughter perfectly um King Silas is all about control over his daughter. Uh, in a sense, that from the very beginning, he won't allow her to push through this healthcare reform. Okay. Um, you know, he doesn't really listen to her at the speeches, and he, he uh, you know, he talks about, like, you can't be with David and try to separate her from him, and he's very protective of this daughter, of his yeah. child. And we see that, too, within, you know, the, the context of her dying, is that he spends all his time with her, and is, you know, wants to protect her from the ending of this book. That presumably yeah. ends poorly uh, <laughs> for the main character. And then he makes this pact with the devil to save her. So in King Silas's mind, he is responsible for his daughter's life. And this is in direct opposition to the daughter who thinks that she is responsible for her own life. Yeah. <sighs> and so she goes out of her way. And I'm not saying it's like the most, it's not, as well done as it could have been, especially towards yeah. the beginning of the show because we didn't know any of this. So, like, the king just being like, healthcare reform sucks. <laughs> or, like, that, like, we don't have any context for that. Sure. Um, I'm not trying to defend, like, how it's been carried out. But as a dynamic between two characters, I really like. And I also like it because it's, it's, um, it's a very just classic trope of, you know, overprotective father to the to the daughter but we get to see it from the daughter's perspective yeah too, this time and it's also not as like antagonistic as a lot of those um relationships can be yeah i, I like it's a good mix i like i like the ideas that are behind it because it mixes up classic tropes overprotect father and the rebellious daughter muddles them a bit and then adds like on top of this this theological thing of like who is more who is stronger in this case death and the devil or a or god yeah i it, it's messy but i like it I yeah like it. see that's the thing is that like i guess uh, and maybe this is just me because i get hung up on on story logic a lot um i not story logic plot logic let's let's differentiate um so like i like all the things that you're pointing out between the king and the daughter and their dynamic being manifest i agree i like that i guess i just and i again i want to make it clear overall I like this episode and I really like these scenes because they are going for it with the metaphysical stuff. And I'm, and I, and I like a bold choice. I like taking big old swings like this that only this show could do. Um, so right. You know, I, I, I enjoy that, but I do think that there is a cleaner version of this series of events. And it just prevented me a little bit from like really grooving to it. Like as I was getting into it, like these little things would pop up and I'd be like, "Uh, Hey, wait, wait a minute. 
wait, who made the deal? Like, who's more powerful than what? Huh? How does this? Also, though, I just want to say into the scene, I did love kind of the beautiful tragedy of the kings at her bedside. Like, she's alive. He's like, it worked. He's so happy that she's like, hey, I made a promise to God. I'm his now. And the king's like, wait, you know, fuck, you don't understand. Wait, I just, (laughs) I literally just. I literally just <laughs> sold my kingdom. You can't, you, what? Like, he can't say that, but it's right, so clear yeah. in Ian McShane's expression yeah. that he wants to be like, what? No, you don't understand. <laughs> oh, there's some real gift for the Magi shit right here. I just sold my kingdom for you. <laughs> and you just gave yourself away, so fuck. And once again, Ian McShane really, really knocks yeah. it out of the ballpark. It's so good. It's so good that, like, dissolving, his re- like relief, like, dissolving into, like, oh, no, oh, fuck. fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. That look of like, I left my credit card at the restaurant. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, it's very good. It is. Um, it is. But yeah, so uh, back in the present, the king is still intent on either killing death or the assassin, whichever. Right. Um, it's very cool. He hears the piano. I like that they're laying around this piano music as like a deathly omen. Yes. Like, again, it's very like, it's very doom. It's very good of like, oh, this is this is great. Uh, this thing that like has been established to be both related to David and the princess is yes. now like perfectly intertwined with like the king's death. Right. And it's so good. Uh, I do love that. I love that tapestry, that intertwining. Um, so security guy briefly says, watch out, there's an assassin here, and then promptly gets fucking murdered the second he steps around the corner. Yep. Um, and then the king's, the king's raring for it. He's raring to go. Uh, and sure enough. This is, this is a great uh, just tension building scene because along mm-hmm. with the you know the um the piano as you were saying and this theme they built up uh throughout the show is like this doom gloom ominous thing uh it is okay it is a little silly the guy is just like oh thank god you're alive king and then like literally turns the corner and just dies <laughs> uh once again um Ian McShane, the king really sealed the show and, and he's like he's ready to go he's at it and he's in the middle of being like I'm fucking ready. Come at me. I'm, <laughs> he's, he's literally in the middle of saying them. The guy, you know, shows up and the yeah. shoots him. And it's this great. It, it was timed really well. Yeah. It's a great scene. Um, unfortunate for the assassin, he tackles the king, uh, but the assassin brought a knife to a gunfight. Yep. And so the king fucking blows him away. <laughs> just Reservoir Dog style, Mr. Orange on the ground. Just blam, 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 blam. Yep. There's and more bullets actually, than assassins. It looks like the guns from Reservoir Dogs. It really does. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so this is actually this is actually a big tangent. But did you ever see the um, the Romeo and Juliet remake with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes, yes. Uh, and they fucking call the gun swords. Yes, yes. It, it, the gun that he has looks exactly like one of those weapons. It really I does. Sort of could not stop thinking about that movie then. <laughs> reminded of it. Uh, Great movie. If you have a chance, great yeah, hey, movie. Baz Luhrmann makes a dope uh, really, really <laughs> movie. Did he direct that? Was that Baz Luhrmann? I feel like it was. Now um, I got to know because otherwise, otherwise my cred is on the line here. <laughs> they don't call him Jeff. Yes, it was. It was Baz Hollywood, Luhrmann. Mr. Hollywood Zuschlag for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it was Baz Luhrmann. I got tripped up because I was like, there wasn't any music in that, was it? Baz Luhrmann loves music. Uh, anyway. Um, or loves musicals. Anyway. So, um, so the assassin's dead. Um, yes. He chose poorly. Choice of weapons. Very Everyone knows in, in the game of gun knife fist, uh, gun beats knife. Gun also and beats fist. Beats fi- guns just really, <laughs> really oh, overpowered. It's it's a dumb game. Don't it's play. A- <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything you take away from this from this episode of One Season Wonder, it's it's one. 
be careful uh, when you <laughs> take nudes and send nudes. And two, especially your father's the king. And yeah. two, just don't play gun fist knife. It's just <laughs> not a good game. At just best, don't. you both choose gun. And at that point, it's a toss <laughs> up. Who point, wins? It's just, yeah. <laughs> uh, public uh, service announcements brought yeah. to you by One Season Wonders. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so the day is saved kind of, um, Andrew, it turns out brings the lights back on. Like as soon as the assassin's dead, the lights come back on. Right. And it turns out that Andrew, the kid, what the queen hates, uh, used his fancy computer skills to, uh, <laughs> revoke the order and get the lights back on. And the queen is basically like, <laughs> Andrew's like, Hey, I brought the lights back on. Isn't that great? And the queen's like, fuck you eat shit and hangs <laughs> up. You actually can't hear what the queen says. It's just one long expletive, and because NBC <laughs> they just bleep it out. It's just boop, you just boop, you just and Andrew's just, reaction just, shot. Yeah, it's just Andrew's just like, just like uh, okay, whoa, oh shit, whoa, all right. <laughs> oh my god, all right. <laughs> Why are you being? There's some racist oh, stuff whoa, in there too, and that's, like, that doesn't even geez. make sense here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the queen's not. The queen just fucking hates Andrew's guts. She's so Real bad. Yeah, yeah. Um. Not so, so Which also the- uh, okay, I just want to point out like this whole dynamic is very confusing. Uh-huh. Um because at the beginning of the show, she's the one who's trying to encourage King Silas to bring his her brother and her brother's son, Andrew, back into the fold. Yes. Um and King Silas is the one, even at the beginning of the episode, um, she mentions like, Hey, why don't you invite Andrew and King Size like it's my birthday. I invite yeah. you. Like this whole time it seemed apparent that King Size is the one who has the beef with Andrew. And, you know, even though uh her brother is a total douchebag, like she still views him as family and still wants yeah. see, to that, bring him into the fold. So her how, hatred of the son just doesn't it's so weird. See, that's how I read it, is that she wants William to be a part of the family and she knows that as a necessary part of that, Andrew has oh, to Andrew come is. along. Okay. But yeah. like she still fucking hates Andrew's guts real bad. Okay. Yeah. Um although well, again we hates, don't now she sorry. hates William's guts too. That's so. true. She's the, her list is getting longer. She hates William's guts, she hates Andrew's guts. Whoever took her cell phone that first episode, she hates their guts. She's just probably Andrew. You know what? It's 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 probably actually. Oh, oh, holy fuck! You're probably right. Andrew stole her motherfucking cell phone. (laughs) Dude, I'm one for one. (laughs) That's true. Your predictions are on point. Um. Anyway, so meanwhile, Jack and the I've been saying that a lot. Uh, on the opposite side of the coin of hate is love. Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Jack. Uh, has a vulnerable moment with his his man friend, whose name again I forget. I where he's Joseph? leaving. Sorry, Joseph. I'm kind of thinking maybe about yeah. It as we've been talking. The, the, the two of them I'm have just had J. sex, and instead of saying, "Hey, how fucked up would it be if I showed everyone these pictures of us boning?" <laughs> uh, Jack instead chooses the better choice, which is to say something really heartfelt. Where his his uh, uh, boyfriend is like, "Hey, was this real?" And Jack says you're the only real thing I've ever touched. And it's like, Oh, Oh, okay. okay. That's really nice. You know, you know how to, how to be romantic and flirt. You're not it, just, it like, actually kind of makes sense. This yeah, is yeah, actually I, I within the world. Jack is actually a genuine romantic person because he's had romantic encounters throughout <laughs> his life. David says stupid shit to the woman lying next to him because he's a dumb, 
Midwestern golden boy. Both, no, I have both. no complaints. Never mind. This makes total. I'm with it. Both David and the princess have never flirted before, so they're just like a uh, <laughs> creepy painting, unpleasant memory. What if your dad saw this? Uh, kiss me, maybe. Whereas the the prince is like, I know how to like interact with people in a romantic context. <laughs> I know that my goal. Yeah, I know it's my goal is to genuinely make- refreshing to see Jack in this way. <laughs> it's, it is though. It's it's actually. They spend so little time on him and on this romantic partner, but it's actually like one of the more genuine relationships yeah. within this episode. I, I should, shouldn't say that. I should say it's more genuine. It's it's a lot more heartwarming than the relationship between Golden Boy and the princess. Yeah, and it's a nice non-doomed – such short time. Yeah, it's a nice little palate cleanser to all the, the death and despair. Yeah. It's like these people yeah. have a warm moment without horrible consequences. I think yet. that's what – I think that's what uh, the – you know that's what the the princess that's what Michelle's and David's uh, relationship I think was supposed to sort of be yeah it just wasn't quite as this is so awkward yeah that didn't quite ring that well and that scene might have I feel like would have resonated a lot more too if the rest of the episode of like people being in a city without the power out had been as um as creepy and as yeah uh, as um disconnected. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. It would have, it would have, um, it would have been a much better dichotomy, a much better, you know, juxtaposition. Juxtaposition. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That's why you're the writer. Would have been a much better <laughs> juxtaposition to have this really heartwarming moment between a character who's known for being very shallow at a time when, uh, you know, other people. When 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 the public feel like they have to board up their houses and be totally private, uh, the prince has this moment where he can be public yeah. with his own emotions, and it just would have yeah. I, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just reiterating is, what you were saying earlier in the episode. It just would have been it would have been so nice. Yeah, it w- yeah, it would have been nice if, if the theme is that the blackout allows these handful of characters to experience life outside of society's gaze. It's kind of nice to see that outside of outside of society, the king is a nutcase with a gun. Uh, <laughs> David and the princess right. are like awkward uh, first time lovers. And Jack is like a heartfelt person who's just very sad about his station. Right. Life. And all the, it still works. The theming yeah. still works. It just would have been. It just I feel like having this have an even it would have been a, a bigger juxtaposition. And I would have liked it more if. At the same time, public people who can usually be private, you know, who don't have to hide yeah. themselves, are the ones who are hiding themselves in this situation because of the blackout. They feel unsafe. Yeah. But because everyone's out having a good time and partying, that aspect of this theming is is just a little lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Agreed. So, yeah. Otherwise, uh, I like that scene. That was a good scene. Yeah. It's good, short, and sweet. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> we all just want a little loving. Yeah. So, so wrapping it up... Um, David and and the princess meet up outside the palace. I'm just going to quickly cover what the the series of events here because it's very silly. Um, So David is like, you mentioned this earlier, but David's like, hey, listen, since your promise to God was kind of so general, um, maybe like us boning is secretly sacred. Like maybe it's actually holy. Um, (laughs) And I don't have to compete with God. Mine is just like, it's working as fast as it can to be like, (laughs) I dude, let's just let's just like let's just enjoy each other's company, man. Yeah. Like, love is love. Like I gotta convince this this person it is. not to be a total 
it does kind of come off as like a Barney Stinson thing. Like, yeah. yeah, he's not wrong, but it does feel a little Barney Stinson. I'm yeah, like, well, who's yeah. to say that God doesn't want us to touch private parts? <laughs> um, anyway, so, and then she says, she's kind of taken by it. And I mean, she's been kind of driving this whole thing, honestly. Right, yeah. So she's sort of into it. But she says, my father can't know. And then the moment she says that, they make out right in front of the palace. <laughs> and then it's like, sure. And then they just, they're just at it again, man. They're just at it again. And then immediately afterwards, they walk into the, the palace. And right. there's the king nursing a knife wound. And she's like, oh, me and David were walking around as friends. As friends. And the king is like, as friends? And he's like, yeah. And king's like, thank you. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly just again sort of out of his mind and relieved that yeah. the uh, the princess is okay, princess is safe. Yeah, yeah. So then we get our final scene, which is that the king is the princess has recovered. It's a flashback. The princess has recovered. The king is feeling much more in his right mind again. He hears piano music, but this time the queen or someone I forget his advisor it's confirms it's that it's uh, it's the queen. It's Rose. Yeah. yeah, the queen says, "I hear it too." And the king is like, okay, good. Then then I'm all well. I'm good. And he follows the piano music. And guess who it is playing? It's our golden boy, David. It's Jack. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, you can play piano. It, <laughs> no, it's golden boy. It's golden boy. You're, you're yeah. right. Um, and he uh, says, my father's dead. Confirmation, the dad is dead. A new chapter <laughs> in his life begins. For the 10th time. For those who score back home. I actually don't yeah. know if it's the 10th time, but they said it a lot. Yeah, which again I like because I do like that. Like the piano is death, is an omen, is David, is the is the princess, right? Is it's all Silas's downfall? Up. It's all wrapped up in this. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's all wrapped up in David is. It's yeah, all he, he's heralding a new age. He's yeah. yeah. It's it's again like the writers know how to build a symbolic structure, yeah. and framework, and I like it a lot. It pays off really well. Um, I'm not sure. I'm always a little like meh. On the sort of Dickens move of like, oh, it turns out they knew each other all along. They met in the graveyard yeah. when he was a convict. And it's like that, <laughs> that sort of thing is like, nah, you don't always have to like, I don't need to know that they were secretly were childhood friends or like grew up next to each other or like knew each other before. But I like the payoff of like the king follows the omen of death to find David there, but like doesn't yet have eyes to realize what he's looking at. Like, that's uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just want to point out, um, you say Dickens, you know, it's very Dickens when they're childhood friends who knew each other for a long time, whatever. It sounds like Dickens was like the, the, was pre anime. He was anime. Before he was. School, man. <laughs> Guys, this is my theory. Uh, Christmas Carol, the original anime. Scrooge McDuck is the, Great not Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh fucking Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge was the original Sundere. Uh, or he really cares. It's not like I want to give money to the poor. <laughs> Baka. Baka. Baka Cratchit. It's not like I l- l- like you or anything. Yeah, great ex- great expectations. I mean, Pip is the original like teenager who gets in over his head and fucking yeah. has- <laughs> get in the robot, Pip. <laughs> Pip, get in the robot. Uh, okay, so I do like the theming. Uh, I have a... I- I've always sort of had a problem with Golden Boy. Um. Mm-hmm. Because he is Golden Boy, and that's his character. Yeah. And I do like the theming of, like, piano as, like, this death thing. And I like the ending scene. Um, here's sort of, like... All right, this is why I want to have the, the my 
alternative ending. Yeah, I was going to say, we're at the end of the episode. Give me right. your, give me your alter- okay, alternate take. Uh, and this sort of goes back to what you were saying uh, about, um, you know, your complaints with the way death was portrayed and how this deal was portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say, even even though, you know, death, does, death sort of has this weird comedy <laughs> plan of having a king that's better than him and then tarnishing his name or whatever. Yeah. The point is that King Size is going to be replaced and that, his uh, place in history and his reputation is going to be totally shot upon by everyone yeah. in the future. And this is, regardless of the exact details of Death's plan, that's generally seen as like a bad thing, especially for a king and, and somebody who values power and ambition. Yeah. And so at the time, King Silas just accepts this because he's really concerned about his daughter, and this is great. Great characterization about the king and what his priorities are. Mm-hmm. Love it. At the end, like... Michelle comes back and is like, I'm safe. Surprise. And the king is like, oh, thank God you're safe. And then he thanks David. Yeah. So on the one hand, I, I this ending is good in a sense that, once again, it reinforces what the king is concerned about. He cares most about his daughter and doesn't really care about this random golden boy, yeah. <laughs> David, who's just, it's like obviously been, like you can still smell the perfume yeah, yeah. from when he was banging his daughter. <laughs> uh, and that's like, that's not important to him. He just sort of takes it at face value and is like, thank you. And then it has the flashback too and it establishes the theme again of David being, um, you know, being... The king's the, downfall? The king's downfall, yeah. yeah. He's going to bring the heat to the king. Um, I... I feel like this was a good episode to start the antagonism or may, or possibly you could even say restart the antagonism between the king and golden boy more. Yeah. The show starts off with the king just sort of accepts golden boy into his arms because golden boy saved his son. He's all about family, blah, blah, blah. Then the yeah. king starts to turn away against golden boy. We see all these signs that golden boy gets that David gets from like God himself, the monarch butterflies and stuff. And the king starts to suspect something. And then it sort of peters off because the king thinks, oh, I can use this guy. And he sort of has other stuff in his house to clean up. Yeah. Um, with getting back together with Samuel, God starts to show favor with him again. It all starts going, you know, back into his favor. Uh-huh. So this episode is sort of like, I don't want to say it's in stark contrast, but it, I feel like it was a good turning point in mm-hmm. a sense that we understand King Silas more of why he would be suspicious of David in the first place. And we sort of see... um like the king has a reason to be worried. He made a deal with the devil that he's going to be gone. Like he's going to yeah. lose basically in a power struggle at some point in his career. That moment where he, it first of all, the way they show him shooting the assassin, it looks like originally, you know, I sort of like, Oh, who'd you shoot? It looks yeah. like it would have been the, the Sabbath queen death herself. Yeah. That's what the assassin represents. So he's cheated death at this moment um, by killing the assassin. And it's sort of like the, his daughter's okay. Everything has sort of gone back together. He's in his right mind again. Yeah. Um, the power is back on, so he's no longer a lunatic with a gun. <laughs> um, and I just would have liked – I really liked the idea of this being a turning point of the king realizes that he is in danger. That this okay. that this night this night has brought back has reminded him and has, thus has shown the audience that he knows that he's made a deal with the devil and that things are going to go badly for him within the future. 
Yeah. Um, and once again, he finds his daughter safe. And who is keeping him safe but this one guy who's been upsetting yeah. him this whole time and has been getting signs from God. And so I, I just... I really wish they could have played it a little more of like when the king goes up and says, and thanks David. I wish there could have been more of like, I don't know how to do this because I'm not like a script writer or an actor yeah, in yeah. any way. Uh, but it would have been nice if there had been more, if Ian McShane, if the king had shown more of like, I know what's going on and I'm going to, like I'm coming after you. Yeah. And it would have been, it. I. it's just, it's such a good episode for that turning point to happen to me. Yeah, they set up the theming so well. It's this really dark and spooky episode, and it shows us this side of King Size that we haven't seen yet. This well, so here's here's actually where I think I'll dis I might disagree slightly with you. So I like the idea of like showing more of King Silas. I want having King Silas have realize finally that David is kind of the the messenger of his doom. I'm I'm down with that. But okay. the thing is, is that. And this might just be like something that the show has done wrong. The show's kind of overplayed his hand because we've already seen Silas be like a dick to David and like use him and abuse him and like just yeah. like David's already kind of made it like already went through that arc of being an enemy of the king into being a friend of the king. Yeah. So like if the king then walked up and was like, I'm going to hunt you, I'd be like, well, for one thing, you're the king. So like little suspense in this, you can totally like <laughs> burn David to the ground, like no problem. Yeah. Um, two, it's just like it feels like we're rehashing old territory. What would have been interesting, but see, that's the thing is that maybe if they changed other episodes. But yeah. I do agree. Like, I would love to see the king like afraid of David. Like, okay. maybe he's maybe like, that's, yeah, maybe that's a better way of taking it. Like, he looks to David and instead of thanking him, he just like needs to get out of the room right now. Like, he's like very freaked out that like, yeah, okay, yeah, no, he's put the pieces together and he realized like, yeah. that like David. Maybe we get like a glimmer of piano music, or maybe we see like a glimpse of the Sabbath Queen over David's shoulder or something. That might be a yeah. two on the nose. But like he puts it together, like oh shit, my days are hella numbered. David is the other king, right? Fuck. Um, yes, but also kind of works I, the way, like it also kind of works the way it is because like it I guess reinforces that he cares most about his daughter. But I I, yeah. I do kind of like your version better of like he finally puts the piece together. Yeah, like, yeah, I I totally think it works this way, the way it does now. It was it was fine, and like like you were saying before, I totally agree with you. Sets the theme well. But yes, fear, fear is a much better way of doing it than as you st- as the previous episodes have already shown that he can be a wrathful guy. Having him be afraid of David would have been such a great turn. Just having some reaction to David beyond sort of indifference, I feel like yeah. would have been really cool. Because once again, this is such a good turning point episode. Like this is when shit starts to get, this is when yeah. shit can start to get real between him and David. Because it's like this entire time we've been getting hints from God and stuff that David... You know he's a special dude, and then it's like, no, this episode it's like, no, he's gonna, yeah. he's gonna kill it's you. He's the next dude, and you're you gonna punched die. Punched a mirror. You you punched a mirror. <laughs> you made a blood pact, and you're going down. And yeah. like David doesn't know it, but the audience knows it. King Silas knows it, and King Silas is, you know, he's pissing his pants. Like he needs yeah. to. <laughs> he should have a reaction to that, man. Worst birthday ever. Worst birthday ever. It begins with cake, then you get a gun, then you piss your <laughs> pants after murdering a dude in your own home. It's just... Oh, actually, I would like to go back. There was... <laughs> uh, the scene where the power goes out, this is great. The scene where the power goes out, uh, the king is making the speech, 
and they're the city's all lit up and there are fireworks shooting in the background and as soon as the fire the as soon as the power goes out the fireworks just stop too <laughs> like miraculously there's just yeah. there's just no more fireworks either it's like wow like someone man. flipped the light switch yeah exactly and even the ones in the gun air powder yeah basic chemical reactions just cease to work as well <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I guess I'll give like my sort of overall impression of the episode, which is yeah. we kind of already have, but I think I, I agree with you. I like the episode overall. I liked the metaphysical stuff and the, and the, the big swings it was taking to like the mythology and the biblical nature of the show, which we've made no bones about appreciating more yeah. um, the more the show goes into it. My only, I guess, like overall, two overall critiques are one, would have liked the black guy to be creepier and two, would have liked death to be handled creepier. Like there's yeah. so many interesting things you can do with death and and personifying death having it be just a woman with a slightly big mouth who like <laughs> is very explicit about her ideals like in my mind death should just be like you never see her face like she's always in shadows maybe the king only can see her in reflections like maybe if he turns around she's gone like death is always over your shoulder but you can never right. see death like how creepy would that be is like if you knew that no matter which way you look death was always behind you so the only yeah. way you could communicate is by looking yeah. at reflections like That'd be so much creepier if death was this like ethereal presence you can never quite pin down, who speaks in riddles, and who is like cosmically connected to this storybook. I like the storybook touch of like when the book ends, your life yeah. ends. Like yeah. he puts the the bloody hidden print on the final page. Like there's a lot of good stuff there. I just with which I just wish death wasn't like oh you could be the snake queen in a different show, like <laughs> like she's not unique and specific enough for me. Yeah. I kind of wanted yeah. But overall, I liked what this episode was doing, so I think it's yeah. it's one of the better ones. I think it's I think it's my favorite episode so far, honestly. It yeah, was, like it was just very entertaining. Uh, like at, like at the end of the day, too, it was just a really entertaining episode. Like I just had fun watching it. Yeah, it was just a so, lot of stuff happened. So we got a lot of clear yeah. answers and story moves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big yeah. fan, big fan, big fan, big fan. Love it. If you've been watching it this whole time, you got a good episode. Yeah. With, with oh this boy, one. we got a good episode. All right, cool. This, I mean, as as tradition for our episodes where we like things, we I think we went on a little long this time. So, uh, but thanks for sticking out for us. Um, I guess we're gonna. Are you fine with wrapping it up? We'll wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you if tell us what you liked. Yeah. About so we've, we've only what you liked. <laughs> <laughs> so we've again we're recording these ahead of time, so we'll have a mailbag episode eventually, probably. Um, but if you do want to let us know what you liked about this series and this episode. Uh, you can reach us by email at onesseasonwonders at gmail.com. That's one, the number, not spelled out, like one numeral one, seasonwonders at gmail.com. We'll also have a uh, Twitter and a Facebook page. Um, links will be in the description. Uh, if you're, you know, if you download and are listening to this through Apple Podcasts, please feel free to give us a review. Uh, apparently, <laughs> our producer tells us those help a lot, so I'm going to believe him and say <laughs> that they're a big deal. And, uh, yeah, I assume good, I'm assuming good reviews help us out. Uh, yeah, help good us out a lot. Bad but, review. Well, good, good, good critique. Yeah, we always will appreciate. Tell so us even your bad, you even your even your good bad reviews, we'd like them to. <laughs> that's honestly that's the theme of our show. Is as you said, uh, bro, <laughs> the things that are bad are actually good. It's good. And yes. in this show, mistakes can actually be uh, good things that you can learn from. So let us know Give what you it think. Give to us. We'll yep, take it. Yep. We'll take it. Uh, so yeah thanks for sticking out and I guess uh, we'll see you for our next expedition for our next adventure yes thanks for tuning in
Campfire.